Welcome to another podcast of uh, Faith in the Modern Era. I'm Rabbi Hanania Cohen. And I'm uh, Dr. Eddie Blackwell. And we have a very interesting topic to uh, discuss today, and we would like to look at them from the, the angle of faith. And I'll let Dr. Blackwell to introduce us to the first uh, issue that we're going to talk about. Yes, we're going to discuss warring against uh, bullying, suicide, grief, and substance abuse. We're only going to touch on everything briefly, and uh, we're going to start out with bullying, since we've been uh, pretty uh, intense cases of that taking place in uh, Denver, especially, and around the country. We have a lot of children who, because they don't have these skills, of the knowledge, understanding of how to speak from their, they don't have a voice to speak from their pain. And so we need to find a way to teach them the skills. I shouldn't say find because we have ways. We need to implement ways as we have in a class that we started here to teach the kids how to speak from their pain, to express themselves. Well, yeah. you're bringing a lot of many, many interesting and important topics. And I, I just want to know, you think bullying is the number one concern that we should uh, start with? That is one, the one that I have been working with the most. That's why I pulled it to the forefront. Got it. And a big, but, it is, but it's no doubt a lot of the cases involve uh, alcohol abuse with, from uh, you know, this being suffered by the, parent, the parents of the children and a lot of other things are coming into play. And, uh, but the things we see in the school systems, the reason that's important to me is uh, that's a very delicate area. And the schools have to be cautious how they confront issues like that because of liability cases. I see. Well, both of us are in the field of, in the field of education, maybe on different uh, you know, levels and, uh, and environments. Um, so let's start with the basics. Why do you think people, why do you think bullies are bullies? What make people or kids or the age is not important to become a bully? Most of the time with kids, especially the younger up to junior and it went well into high school also, they resort to bullying because there's something wrong within their life that they have no answer for and and many many times that's something that's wrong is something that they're also ashamed of give us an example mm. please an alcoholic parent okay because they they see they see their parents struggling with alcoholism to the child the world also sees this and that's how that's just how they perceive it since they see it Everyone else sees it. And uh, if a child around them is aware of it, they'll say that if one child says something about this other child's parent being alcoholic, then the child automatically feels that everyone else knows about it also. And so they usually misbehave to, tur to uh, turn everyone away from the problem, to get the, to get the, the focus directly on themselves. I see. I would like to uh, suggest, I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not, but let's, let's roll with it a little bit. I think that the, the main reason of people becoming a bully 
is low self-esteem. Great. And if we look at the Bible, the first bully, who is the first bully? Satan. Satan doesn't is not mentioning in Genesis. Maybe you refer to the serpent. Okay? The serpent. And he bullied Eve, Hava. Correct. Okay? Why? Why what was he lacking? That let's let's use this as a, because for me Genesis is uh, is all about, you know, archetypes of characters. So Correct. why do you think he was missing. What did he want? I believe he wanted his position back, the the position of authority that he saw within man that he had lost. Well, we don't know that he lost so anything. In envy. envy? Yes. And see, and uh, this is where I think I, with that, I kind of veer away from everyone else because I don't believe. A lot of individuals say that he, you know, he was created the, the angel of worship, but I don't believe he worshiped not one time. I believe immediately he fell from grace because like as we do today, we give us, we get a little power, a little authority, then we, we begin to self-boast about ourselves. And I okay. believe that's what happened with him right off the bat. He boasted because it says he told God that I'm going to put my throne right by yours immediately. I don't know that where that is written, but not in my book anyway. Um, but let's, you know, Let's start to develop this idea. Obviously, there is a lack of uh, being happy with who you are. And there is the desire, which we see all the time, to gain control, to gain power. Correct. And I think if we are looking at, uh, because our podcast is all about faith, if you are, if you are having faith, in the, in the Creator, Almighty, God, whatever you want, you know, the name that you want to describe or to, to uh, refer to Him, then why do you have to complain? Why do you need to grab power? Why do you need to envy? If God make you a serpent, so just be that. Why are you looking, you know, I want to be like Him, like uh, Adam. Right, I want to right. rule the, the the universe, the rule the world. So there, you see that that the root, I think, that is the root of lack of faith. There is no faith there. And if we're gonna go one step further, two chapters, maybe three, we see that we have the same issue with uh, Cain and and Hebel. Uh, Cain and Hevel in Hebrew. Right. The same issue. And I think, I said in the beginning that I think, in my opinion, uh, and you agreed, there is a lot of uh, low self-esteem. You, when you look you, uh, on yourself, about yourself, it's very, very low. A, there is lack of faith because you're not happy. You're, you're basically telling God, I'm not happy with what you did. You did everything great in the world beside me. Okay. okay, I agree. And therefore, I need to compensate. And how how am I compensating? I have to put some someone else below me. I am building my self esteem on someone someone else 
uh, experience, meaning I'm going to put somebody else down so I can feel that I am strong, better, in control. And you gave the example of uh, alcoholic parents, right? That they, were, they feel better what they do, so, but who is the, who is the easiest, easiest victim? It's the kids. Now, the kids is feeling down. What he needs to do is to find somebody to put down under him so he can feel better. Feel better. So how do, how do we address that? I, I think we cannot address it without, uh, without talking about faith because that's, that's the, maybe the, the root cause of everything. Lack of it. Lack of faith, yes. And, so how... How do you think we should, you know, and I agree, whenever you, whenever you begin to look at someone else's life and uh, the only thing, you know, in, uh, you resent their being, quote, above you, unquote, you're feeling that way because you have no point of reference to where they are, what they know, to what they do. So, and without that point of reference, the only thing that you can do is envy them. And envy is a very dangerous uh, spirit allowed to come upon you to rest upon you to envy someone for what they have because the first thing you're going to do you can have someone that's really good at heart but if they let envy set in then they will do everything they can to undermine anyone that they perceive is above them so let me ask you this better. Who, created, who created envy in the world now I could either say it's a serpent or I could say it was man I disagree. I think the Creator create, created all those things. But we have obligation or the choice to use it wisely. Which means, let's take envy for example. Let's go back to uh, Cain, Cain and, and Havel. Right? Right. Cain had this great idea. I'm going to bring sacrifice. I'm going to build an altar and sacrifice something to my creator. And Hevel got what? Got envy. So that's that's a great idea. And he did the same. Let's stop there. When we are using envy the right way, we are moving forward in humanity. Okay? Otherwise, you know, why change? Just sit and declare you have faith and don't develop anything. Because um, you know, why plant something? Let's only eat what God gave us. Why are we going to bring water to the desert? If God wants this desert to be with, with water, he would put water. But we have, when we look at other nations, on other people, on, you know, even in, in the, inside the family, I am seeing that, he, that this person is doing something good. I am envy in his success, not because I want to be better than him. I want to learn from him. And maybe I can come up with my own point of view, my own uh, creativity, and that's a good thing. If we don't have that type of envy, we are going to be stuck. So in, this, this, yeah, in saying that, that's where I bring in the word uh, jealousy. I'll expand more on this interesting topic uh, after a very quick short break.
we're back to another segment of uh, Faith in the Modern Era, and we were interrupted by the clock <laughs> while uh, trying to differentiate between envy and jealousy. Correct. Right? So let's go back to that topic and uh, expand on that. And I agree with you. There is a huge difference between envy, which can be good, and jealousy, which is usually bad. The question is, uh, how, what are we going to do about it? Yeah, the yeah the quite yeah envy to be jealous of something is when you actually you're you're coveting it really whether it's yours or not. But with the envy, it can motivate you. It's like it's like uh, stress. You say the word stress, everyone believes oh stress is bad. This is a bad deal. Stress is one of the most powerful motivators you'll ever come in contact. With. Agreed. And so a good there is a good stress. Not from zero to ten, not on the ten. Correct. But you must have stress in your life to do something. Otherwise, you're going to sit at home and do nothing and waste your life. And waste your life. And there's a lot of things that we can do if we don't waste our life to benefit the lives of others and help others uh, grow. And most time, regardless of what we talk, we'll always end up coming back to education being the key to almost everything. So how do you suggest that we deal with it in terms of uh, kids, teens, I think a good place to start is by teaching the kids that the, the, the definitions of the words that they're going to encounter during these stages of their life so that when they feel it, they'll, they won't automatically assume, well, I'm jealous, so this is not good. I'm not good. Because if they can't, if they can't as kids, That's as early as two years old, we automatically assume responsibility for everything that takes place in the house. And if something's wrong with the parents, we, we do every, start doing everything we can to help, but we don't really know what the problem is, what the root of the problem is, and so it's failing. And so if the parents, is the, if the, if the uh, environment among the parents is very dysfunctional and the child can't affect it, then it's going to come out in the classroom. But that's, so, that's not the child's responsibility. But you can't tell them that. So that's when you teach them the skills and the techniques that you teach them will be skills and techniques that allows them to move themselves out of the center of the picture because it's not their responsibility. But they don't know that what you're teaching them is really moving into a safe place. Okay, so let me see if I got it right. First of all, I think we have two uh, sides here, the bully and the one who is getting bullied. Bullied, yes. Both of them need needs to learn faith. Well said. Needs to learn well how said. to deal with with envy, with jealousy, all that stuff. I just, I, I'm not sure that we would expect children, kids, teens, to try and fix and understand whatever you know nice words we we can use. If the problem is in the house, they are not in a position to change their parents' behavior. They only can can take responsibility on their own feelings and their own self-esteem because like we said before and we agreed on that there is a lack of self-esteem you look you, you look you, yourself lower because somebody's putting you down and then the result you need to put someone else down to feel better i don't think we should expect children to fix their parents issues the children have access to a corridor in a per their parents life that no one else does it depends I've, on the parents. What I've done for a long time is just teach kids how to talk 
with their parents, which I was talking about they don't have a voice to speak from their pain. They struggle with that. But if you tell them how to speak uh, words that edify the parents, to, to feed confidence in their parents, to feed, uh, you know, I believe in you, Dad. I love you, Dad. I trust you, Dad. Okay. There's positive things like that where the, where the dad begins to feel comfortable. Because I guarantee you, in most cases, uh, one parent or the other will take the ear of their child to express their feelings. That's one of the main reasons they get sucked into the middle, into the middle, because that child does not have the knowledge, the understanding, or the wisdom to deal with the parent with the, the load that's being dumped on them. And the parent doesn't realize that's what they're doing. I get your point, but I just think that the the process should should start um, between the parents themselves. I mean. Sometimes, you know, the mother, depends on the family dynamics, but the, the, the mother feels lower than because the husband is either drunk or, or yelling or feeling bad because, you know, he lost his job or he hates his boss or whatever. So when he gets home, he's pouring everything on his wife. And then you have the fight. Sometimes the kids. And, and, the, and, then, and then the mother feels, you know, embarrassed because she just got yelled or humiliated. And the next one in line is the kid. Yes. And, you know, you're 100% on the mark with that because I'm in agreement with you on that because uh, the only way, like I've uh, worked with in uh, the Christ Center Richard Field over 40 years, and I found that the greatest success rate always came about quicker once I got the, the parents involved in the process of educating the kids because they want to make sure that their kids get the right and they learn. But here's the thing, and I'm sure you're going to agree with that. The parents need to first educate themselves. Well said. That's that's Okay, the if purpose. they are not on the same page, now we use the, oh, look, think about your kids. It's, it's a form of guilt if you think about it. We're going to do it for the kids. Everything we are doing is for our kids. For the kids. But it doesn't mean you need to neglect yourself. The mother and the and the father, and the relationship itself. If we can guide, assist uh, couples, I mean, it doesn't have to come from you know a rabbi or or a minister. If the couple is uh, have their goals in life, and they have a good communication, I don't see any reason why the children will be messed up. Unless they are just very, you know, rebellious, which is a whole different story. Correct. But it, if they have a good communication and they explain and they uh, and they take responsibility, always go back to that over their mistakes, and they are not afraid to admit their mistakes even in front of the kids. Right? I'm sorry, I yelled at you. I'm sorry, I used that type of uh, bad language. Uh, I hope it will never happen again, and I regret. Mm. So now you see, first of all, you see a parent that is not afraid to admit that he is wrong sometimes. And that's it's okay to be wrong. We're humans. There's only one thing that is never wrong, okay? And that's the creator. We'll say it. Going back to the uh, circle of faith, which means... If there are, there are things that are not in our control, many of them are not in our control, 
but yet we are getting angry, envy, jealous, um, you know, frustrated, stressed with those things for no reason. It's not in your control. Why are you even worried about that? And we transfer that first to ourselves. You know, we feel lower. And now we're going to need to, again, put someone else lower than us. And this kid's going to be a bully. Okay? Yes. But, but we also need to think about the other side. The Usually the nerd who is being bullied. There's also something missing there. Yes. Right? Very passive, very, uh, oh, I guess I deserve it. It's like the, the beaten wife syndrome, in a way. Oh, he lo- he said he loves me. I want to be part of their of their uh, group, right? Whatever the yeah. the group is, I want to be uh, socially accepted. Yeah, but everybody's just pouring their trash on you, or they you know knock you down in the in the locker room or whatever. That's not being part. This is totally wrong. So, and again, I agree that we need to look at both. Uh, relationship of the parents and we need to give tools to both sides correct I agree so from your experience beside beside um, giving them new way to communicate I love you dad or all the examples that you gave sometimes it's not going to work then what I'll give you a good example to answer. I'm gonna use a quick example. I had a couple of family where the 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 husband battered his wife, and the son was becoming a bully and a batterer in the school system. Then he started becoming began to hit his own mother, and she, and I had a boxing club, and she bought him to me, and she told me she said she wanted me to just keep him active. Everybody told that's dumb. Why are you taking him to the boxing club? He's violent. He's going to get worse. And she says, no, this guy can help him. Boxing is one of the best. If you get angry with boxing, you always lose. You right. learn that quick. Any martial you art. must <laughs> hold your composure. And so when, uh, when he's, when, as he was learning, and I, I noticed through her makeup, the bruises. And so I just talked to her and working out with me and training with me. And then and I, and I told her, I'm giving you an equalizer. Fast forward to about a year later, he was upset because she's coming there being involved in everything. And so he moves to another town to, to get his wife and his child away from me. And he slaps her. She told, he told her, she said, don't touch me ever again. She slap, he slaps her. She pins him up against the wall, which is the ropes, and she teaches him a lesson. Now, I see them a year later in Walmart, and I don't want him to see me. And he, all of a sudden, he sees me, comes over smiling, and he tells me the story about how she whipped him. And I said, what, well, so where'd you go from there? He said, I decided I'm going to sit down and talk with her about what's going on. He was being bullied at work. And so he right. came out on him there. And so, so when the equalizer came about, he wanted to sit down and talk. And they told me the story. Sit down. He said, I want to talk to you about something. And they started talking together. She had the skills from being around me in this, in, you know, learning to to learning how to deal with the situation and she began to share it with him and that's the whole key okay that's that's a very uh inspiring story and we're gonna continue to talk about that topic right after our quick break as you're listening to uh faith in the modern era
Welcome back to uh, our podcast, Faith in the Modern Era. We are talking today about bullying. And I don't think we're going to get to the other topics that you wanted to talk to talk about. Um, so we just heard uh, Dr. Blackwell shared a very inspiring story. And I want to share something that uh, from the Jewish point of view. And before you go there, I want to yes. put the period at the end of that. And the, the, the reason the outcome to that situation was positive especially where the child was concerned, is because with the child, the place of power is a place of agreement. And once he saw his parents in agreement all of a sudden, then that pulled him right back in line where he's willing to be obedient and submissive to their desires. That's a very, very important uh, point. Uh, there was a story about a Jewish rabbi that uh, taught his followers that every, every time when they are coming home, and now the Jews have this uh, command or deed to have a mezuzah, uh, a small piece of uh, parchment with the name of God and other things uh, on the doorpost, okay, on usually the right side. And every time he gets out of work or whatever, he put his hand and he count to ten. And then he entered the house. And they ask him, why are you doing this? He says, I'm going to leave everything that happened at work, all the stress outside. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the house, you know, clear mind. And I'm going to be uh, emphatic to my wife, and she's going to tell me how her day went uh, by and how the kids drove her nuts or whatever. But I'm not going to bring... Because sometimes you see that it's very common, it's, it's, uh, especially in this culture, here in America, who suffered more? Who is more victim of society? So when the husband comes comes home and the wife goes, don't ask what day I had. Your kids, right? Drive me nuts. Oh, let me tell you what happened at my work. My boss, and uh, they're talking about uh, firing, and uh, oh, so now what? Who is more? Who is more victim? Who is more suffered more? And nothing. In my opinion, nothing good comes out of being a victim. And, and you can share the same information about the kids, about work, about stress, about whatever it is, uh, in a very calm, you know, with, I don't know, um, tea and cookies with your wife. And how was your day, honey? A, B, C, D. How was your day? A, B, C, D. Okay. Let me see how can I help you? How can you help me? We are helping each other. But if we are coming from uh, victim mentality, right? Everybody hates me because I'm a Jew, because I'm black, because I am I'm a Latino. All those nonsense that we are seeing today are just a great excuse for us not to be responsible for our own life. Well said. That's true. And I think that goes also to the faith. Yes. Right? And we can t- we can talk about you know um, I had this this I'm gonna share something with you guys I have this uh, not incident but somebody uh, didn't give me a job that I I uh, I was very qualified and their excuse was something totally irrelevant so somebody tell me no probably because you are a Jew. And maybe they have, you know, their own agenda against Jews or whatever. 
maybe because you're brown, maybe because you're in Israel, in, from Israel. I said, I'm not going to go there. I refuse to use uh, all those, and that might be true, but this is not my problem. I don't have to participate in this game. True. If somebody don't want me to work for him, somebody uh, as, a, as a acupuncturist, right? Somebody come to me and says, and look at me, says, I don't want you to treat me. Because whatever, it's your loss. Because I know I'm good at what I'm doing. So I never let other people prejudice, superstition, racism, whatever, you know, the, the name is not important. Narrow-minded. To affect the way I feel about myself. If they don't want to hire me, I need to check up my, what have I, what have I done wrong? If everything is okay, the interview was good, my quali I'm qualified and all that, and they still don't want me, this is their loss. Now, on the other hand, it can be an ego trap, right? right? They're all jealous about me, I've become so successful, yet they don't have a, a job, but I feel good about myself. No. People have to be honest about their character, about their weaknesses, and about their, about their strengths. And if everything goes well and they don't want to hire you or they don't want to communicate with you or whatever, I did what I can, what I, what I can do. Now it's the hand of somebody that is really making the decision. And that's God. And if this is, uh, doesn't meant to be, it doesn't meant to be. I'm sure every one of us have this, you know, when we were young. We really, really want something. We want to marry that woman. We want to be, to get that job. We want to, whatever it is, 20 years later, thank God I didn't marry that woman. Thank yeah. God I didn't end up in that job, right? But when you're younger, or when you don't see the whole picture, we are lack of experience, oh, I got screwed, or uh, people don't like, whatever. You sit and you cry. And if we are going back to faith, okay, so that woman was not meant for me. That job wasn't meant for to be my job. I'm okay with that. God, guide me. And I'm going to try to do something else uh, or to try and find a new direction, whatever, whatever. Uh, but you have to communicate with your creator. Right. Agree. So I think when we talk about bullying, we need to teach them, look, don't let the things that are not in your control to take you down. Your your height, your skin color, your race, your all that stuff. And this is this, uh, we can talk about that so much. There's so much uh, confusion. People are lacking that uh, knowledge, and skill. How to evaluate themselves? Not not based on things that are not in their control. Right? If you're Black doesn't mean you have to act that way. You, you, it doesn't mean you have to listen to hip-hop all day long. That's just a cultural thing that you can choose not to be part of it. You can choose not to join a gang, and that can be white or black. It's not important. Mm -hmm. yes. You make those decisions. So I think if we look at bullying, bullies and those who are bullied, 
We need to teach them how to evaluate themselves. Well said. I agree. How do we do that? We need to be practical here. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been uh, taking the approach of I get the attention of the parents through the kids. I, I make an impression upon them how important it is that they monitor everything that I put into their child's mind. I agree, but I find and, that uh, I find that if we, uh, if we, uh, sometimes the parents and many times the parents are, I'm going to use uh, harsh, are useless. They are not in the game. They are bringing their kid. Here is my kid. Educate him. Make him to be something. Right. You can make it something when you get home and you are being nothing at home. Okay, or less. So See, that's what I pointed out. I said, I have them all week and they do, they're doing great. I send them home to you for one weekend and I start over Monday. And I tell them, so what do you see? Where do you see the problem? And what are you willing to do about it? If you love your child that much, what are you willing to do about it? Nothing. They have excuses for me till eternity. What do you mean my, my son can be engineer? He's African-American. He's black. Nothing good will come out, uh, come out from him. Can you be surprised that this kid gonna be in a gang member and get shot I don't know it finish his life at 16 or being a drug addict I think that yeah this is what I tell my kids and to everybody who asks me I am when I need to solve a problem with bullying I am not a social worker meaning if you are lacking and I'm gonna be a little bit harsh here if you're lacking the skill and the understanding to see, to evaluate that something is wrong here and you are refusing to take responsibility and you, bl you blame other people for your mistakes, I don't see any, any hope there because you are not awake. And, and I agree with you 100%, which brings us to the education, back, back again, back to education. Because I think the main thing we have to recognize right off the bat when we start is that we, in doing so, addressing the issue regardless of how we choose to do it we are attempting to create a new culture because most of them Let's, the culture is a culture right. of uh, resisting avoiding to assume responsibility right so let's let's uh, take a quick break and uh, continue that after our uh, short uh, faith in the modern era I am Rabbi Cohen and here with uh, Dr. Black to you after the break Back to our last segment of this uh, today today's podcast, uh, Faith in the Modern Era. I'm Rabbi Hannah Cohen here with uh, Dr. Eddie Blackwell. So, like I, we, we finish our discussion, the previous segment, talking about changing the culture. Correct. That is something that is very very hard to do. Agree, because when you're dealing with cultural changes, you're fighting a windmill here. Yes, and you're pulling in spiritual. Uh, strongholds 
that uh, that people have latched onto, and they hold on to it. Most of them won't let go of because out of uh, fear, they'll hold on to it, and they sort of get blind and deaf to anything that you send their direction it's because it's not. It's it depends not how you. To them. I think it depends how what's your approach on that. Let me give you an example. The first. And it, yeah, go ahead. It, it, and you go back when you make your mention of the color of the skin, the race, where you're from. That. That's a big barrier. Huge if you barrier. approach them, that is a, a huge, gigantic barrier. Right. And uh, this is what I think. You know, coming from the Middle East, bullying is very common over over there, uh, even in terms of politics. And I remember when I served in the army, the and every army does that. The first thing they they are doing is to break who you are. Yes. You're just a number that they assign to you. And they are reprogramming you to act in, in a way that you know will benefit the, the goal of the unit that you're a part of. But first thing, you have to, you have to break up that old habit. So if you are, um, your habit for 20, 12 years was to wake up, wake up uh, eight, 8 in the morning, 5.30. And if you don't like it, they have tools to convince you. <laughs> right? It can be peer pressure. All the unit is going to suffer. It can be... Oh, and they will take care of you to wake up, to be awake in, at 5.30. <laughs> um, the type of stuff. You have to break that thinking, that old habit. And it, it I think in, in, in uh, the Chinese verse that I really like saying... No matter how strong you are, one day there's going to be somebody stronger than you. So you see people that are so full of themselves, think that they are big shot. And when they get to the real world, even somebody that is weaker but have a gun, solving the problem right away. Right? Nobody is bulletproof. Where I'm going with this is that sometimes we need to uh, break break the the culture, the habit, the line of thinking. Yes. Now we can do it through words, but sometimes words are not enough. We'll there is say a saying: it. if somebody is punching you, he is a bully. Punch him uh, double the the force that he used against you, and he will get the message. Now, usually, when that happened, you gain respect on both sides. Yes. And boundaries are established. Right. Exactly. You don't mess with me because if you do, you're going to bear the consequences. This is what's going to happen. Yes. And they can be best, best friends because they respect each other. But when somebody is uh, disrespect himself, that he's not going to gain respect. The opposite is going to happen. Everybody's going to walk all over him. It's going to be a carpet. So, when we talk about education, sometimes we need to use peer pressure. And we cannot always blame it on the culture or the parents, which usually, and we both know it, they are the, the biggest obstacle uh, when it comes to education. I think we need to find a way to help both sides of the bullying uh, process, if you want to call it that way, to 
look at themselves differently. Agree. And you know, which takes me back to I had a boxing club. The boxing club is what I used to address the issue. And it was very effective because of the peer pressure. And then I got to think about it one day. Why don't I take the time to learn the language that they're speaking? Just by listening to them. When they're resolving their issues, listen to what they're doing, how they're speaking to each other, you know, and uh, and follow suit after that. Like, you know, the changing of the mind. Everybody wonder why they, I explained, why do you think they run military men so hard for so long? I said, that's why boxing works. It's because they are dog tired when I talk to them. People are less resistant when they're tired. And, so and, I can and there, is, there is a physical aspect. If you are, you know, full of yourself when you get to the ring and you're not fast enough, or you're not talented enough, and you don't have the enough skills, you're going to feel the consequences, right? You're going to get punched over and over and over. So it will deliver the message. Maybe you're not such a big shot like you're thinking. So be quiet and listen and learn. I used that with a young man the other day who knew about me as a boxer. And I told him, I said, you know, as I was saying, you remember yourself the way you were the last time you were in the ring. I said, I'm just as bad today as I was then. I said, I'm 60-something years old, but I can still do the exact same thing just as quick now as it did then. And he said, prove it. I said, why? I said, because if I get back in the ring, I may discover something else that I don't want to know. I said, I like being where I'm at. I said, I like the way I feel about myself. I said, all I've done is just taking it and remold it to use that courage, that confidence in myself to do other things. That's a good point. And, you know, he, he looked at me. But the amazing part about him was, you know, he was gangbang deluxe. His walk, everything about him. I had my hat on. He finally asked about that hat, and he had a turban. And I said, where'd you get your turban? I like it. I'm going to give him one. He said, I made it myself. And I watched that change in his, his stance change when I asked him about that turban because I know it's linked to something that means something to him. And then he said, well, what about your hat? I'm curious about your hat. And I said, I'm a Buffalo soldier. He changed what? 360. And when he walked out, he called and said, hey, man, guess what? I just met a Buffalo soldier. Real one, man. And I said, that I gave him something without words. You mentioned sometimes you can't do things by words. I never expected the fact that having just bumped in and met a Buffalo soldier would impact his life that much. And sometimes with him, it don't, it doesn't, he was a father. His son was with him. His son was watching all this. And see, so you plant seeds. Then the, then to me, the trick then is, is making sure they get watered. It's finding a way to I water think, them. I agree. And I think that sometimes we need to uh, let them bear the consequences of their foolish choices. Well, so and once they agree. hit rock bottom, they are actually willing to listen. But again, we have to change or, or at least uh, lower the value of what the culture is bringing here. I mean, oh, if you, let's, uh, if you are not part of a gang or if you never serve time in jail, you're less of a man. You are, uh, you're a coward or you, yeah. all that. This is all garbage. It's all nonsense. And, you know, the cemeteries are full of people that had something to prove wrong time, wrong place, and wrong choices. But we have to, you know, we have to create a safe environment. It can be school. 
where we address those uh, false uh, ideas about who you are. Okay? I don't know if it's going to be legal in, if, if the, the school system will love that. Because what do they do? Just, just to manufacture uh, workers in a way, but they don't teach people to think. They give them well knowledge. Well said. They I don't agree. teach them how to think, how to... Critical thinking is like something that, God forbid, you will teach people here. And that's something that I think is, is a must. Uh, when we are dealing with any any definitely any with your name. children, any any kids, it's not important the age or the they have to learn the the consequences of their choices, but they have to be able to make the right choices. And bullying is a behavior that's learned, and it has nothing to do with reasoning skills whatsoever. Okay, but if you learn to, to reason, being able, being able to think, yeah. But if that's you learn, why I agree with you. We said that when they do commit an infraction that they should also be in a position where they have to suffer the consequences. 100%. And again, we have to make it, you know, safe. Correct. Uh, until they will learn. But we, we have, this is, I think, it's, it's a cultural war that you and I are just starting here or, or, or uh, I don't know if, going, if, we, if we can win that war. I hope we can. It's very hard. All the marketing, all the media, all Hollywood, they are all encouraging people not to think, not to uh, analyze information. Look at all those, you know, high school movies, right? You have the nerds that are not, all the Mensa geniuses, mm -hmm. that are not uh, well respected. And you have the football players, the bullies, the if, it, if it's a girls, those who look... You know, who think they look uh, beautiful to the standard that someone else decided, and it's very clear what they are, what's the right thing, what's the right choice. Okay, and I think that's that's part of the of the fight that, that we had to go through. Right. That's why I think I'm 100 agreement with you on that. That's why I think that for us to include. The radio broadcasting, teach the, kids, the students about the process, the integrity involved in radio broadcasting and in television. It was very important because I watched a baby the other night, maybe a month old, crying. It's not going through the blues, blue, blue nights yet, or blue, whatever they call it, when they cry for no reason. Blue crying. But he was, he was crying, but as soon as the television, you saw the television. They're hypnotized. He was fixated on that right. television. Hypnotizing. There is a lot of there is a lot of research on that. We have to wrap it up. But I think uh, the main thing that we can agree on that is that we need to to uh, involve faith, responsibility, and good character building. If we can do those three, there shouldn't be any bullying. That's that's a must. They, people must understand the importance of those. Because to some people, it's strange. It's a, it's a foreign object. Okay, so we agreed on something. So uh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> so let's wrap it up. Thank you all for listening to uh, Faith in the Modern Era. I'm Rabbi Hanania Cohen here with Dr. Eddie Blackwell. Dr. Eddie Blackwell. And we'll uh, see you next time.